0: Hey everyone, it's Jeff, and when I was in the Army in the 10th Mountain Division, one of the many schools my unit was able to attend was an escape and evasion course, but it wasn't the full-blown military seer school. And I was always intrigued with what were some of those advanced things that we never got a chance to train in that that school had to offer. Well, I'm really happy to tell you that I was able to get a former SEER instructor on the line for our podcast, Reggie Bennett, and he had some really great tips on things that you can you can use in any sort of a survival scenario where it's a game of cat and mouse and you're the mouse. So listen to this broadcast and you're going to get a lot out of it. Uh, I know I got a lot out of it, so enjoy it. Here it is.
1: Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival.
0: There are survival scenarios where your number one goal is to be found and rescued, such as a plane crash or you and your party are separated and lost in the woods. But then there are those times when your primary objective is to evade detection at all costs. For example, it could be a scenario when you're taken hostage as a soldier or kidnapped in an overseas trip or even a situation where you wish to remain separate from looters, authorities, and desperate population while bugging out to a safer retreat during a disaster. Whatever the reason, it's going to take special skills to stay out of sight and undetectable, skills that very few people possess or are trained for skills specifically developed by the U.S. military in the SEER program to teach soldiers the secrets of survival, evasion, resistance, and escape, should they be taken prisoner and need to escape captivity and navigate to safety. Unfortunately, I have just the person to share some of those powerful secrets with us now. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival magazine, with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And with us today is former top SEER instructor, Reggie Bennett. Reggie, welcome to the program, man. Well, oh, thank you. Listen, Reggie is a former U.S. Air Force survival instructor for the SEER program and was presented four or five awards for outstanding performance. Now, he's carried on his extreme passion and dedication to these little-known skills by bringing them to civilians through a number of survival courses he and his team of fellow SEER instructors offer throughout the United States. Now, their organization is called Mountain Shepherd, and you can find out more about Reggie and his training at their website at www.mountainshepherd.com. Now, I've really been, uh, I've been excited about asking all these questions, so I'm gonna jump right into this. Reggie, most survivalists rightfully place a lot of importance on survival mindset to stay alive in the wilderness, so like if they're ever lost and, and looking to be found. But I have to imagine that if you're in an escape and evasion scenario, it takes a different type of survival mindset because your goal may be the opposite. It might be to remain hidden. So if you could nail down the three most important psychological triggers that someone must absolutely rely on in order to be mentally prepared to evade an aggressor force when on the run, what would those three things be?
2: Well, you're right. Uh, uh, you know, a survival situation is going to be rough enough, but, you know, if you got somebody trying to capture you, well, you've just made the situation a lot tougher. But in, in a survival situation and in a, in a, um, in a situation where somebody's trying to, uh, find you, capture you, where people go wrong is number one is that they will recognize that there will be physical and mental stress applied to them. And I see it all the time and I read about it all the time. So that's the number one thing you have to do is you have to, you know, you got to know yourself. You got to recognize that there is going to be physical stress. There is going to be mental stress and that physical and mental stress. Will saturate you, and if it does, you're going to end up making bad decisions, and then you're going to get caught, or you're going to get, uh, you know, taken over by the the natural uh, forces out there. Now, uh, once you recognize that physical and mental stress, then number two, you have to accept and manage that stress. If it's a psychological stress, then you got to work out in your in your brain. If it's a physical stress, like cold, heat, things like that, then you got to protect yourself because the environment can be just as hostile as the enemy. And finally. You have to know your tolerances when you're out there. If you overexert yourself, if uh, your psychological state overwhelms you, again, you're going to make bad decisions. And that's the key in a survival situation and an evasion situation: is to be um, uh, the top of the game. You have to know your psychological state. You got to know your physical state at all times, so you do not make bad decisions.
0: Yeah, it's, it can be really about pacing yourself rather than just push, push, push. Like if somebody thinks of like a bug out situation, you know, just going, 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 you know, it's kind of the tortoise and the hare thing and you're trying to get to your, your retreat or where, you, whatever your location is quickly, but you've got to be able to manage that survival mindset stress that you're going to find along the way. Absolutely.
2: You know, yeah, that mindset is the number one, uh, you know, we, we call them priorities and it's the number one because every, every, um, thing that you do out there, you know, everything that's happening to you, the physical and the mental things, it's going to affect your decisions. So if you're, if you let those physical stresses and those mental stresses saturate you, then you're going to be making bad decisions and then you're going to get caught or you're going to, you know, have the weather and the environment do you in.
0: Yeah, it makes total sense. You know, Reggie, capture isn't something that a lot of people think about unless you're a combat soldier serving in a war zone overseas, but. Based on real news stories in the past, even those traveling overseas for business or vacation can be taken by like traffickers and drug cartels, radical groups, or organized crime syndicates and and held for profit, or just to make a statement to the world. So when taken prisoner, the first goal seems that it would be to escape your captors. Now, of course, every scenario is going to be different. But what would you say are the three most critical things that someone must think of or use to plan and execute an escape from captivity.
2: Well, you have to have situational awareness at all times. And if the opportunity presents itself, and you know they leave the door open, then you can just you know walk right out and leave. Or if they leave the trunk unlocked, and you can just open it up and you know haul butt, then great. So situation uh, situational awareness should be um, your number one um, mindset all the time in that situation. But first, if you're going to plan an escape, okay, you need to know your surroundings first because it's not going to do me any good to uh, break out of this closet, to break out of this cell, open that door into a hallway, and then there's 10 soldiers standing there or there's 10 terrorists standing there. Um, I've just probably made my situation a lot worse because um, they've caught me for the second time. They know I'm trying to escape. So when they put me back in that cell or put me back in that closet, they're probably going to restrain me even worse than I was before. So know your surroundings, good situational awareness. Um, and we kind of like to look at it like in circles, you know, like um, yeah, I'm, what's around me and then what's the next layer of circles around me as far as uh, the detainees and the buildings and what's what's the next layer after that. So as much information that you can gather about your surroundings as number one. Two, you need to gather and escape. Yet, now I'm not talking about you know a whole backpack full of stuff. I'm talking about little things uh, that is going to help you evade. That's going to help you survive. Uh, things like uh, hoarding food, hoarding water, little things like uh, uh, rope and wire, things that you can improvise with, um, the plastic, things that can protect you from the elements when once you get out there. And that's the third thing is that once you do, finally get away from that situation, is that what are you going to do now? You have to have a plan then. Where am I going to go? I mean, if you're in the United States, here you're in your, you know, somebody's holding your house, you might just have to go to your neighbor, you know, or down the street to a local uh, restaurant or, you know, store. But if you're overseas, you know, you might get out and there could be forests and or there could be deserts and that's uh, where am I at? Where should I go? Uh, is there a neighboring border uh, country that I can get to? Um, is there a, a Catholic church I can get to? Is there a consulate? Uh, you have to have a plan of action because they're not going to do you any, any good to get free and get out there and then just wandering around and get caught again.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. And even, I was thinking like in situational awareness, even like knowing which of your captors is maybe the weakest or the one that goes to sleep on, on duty, you know, it's like who, where's the weakest link in the chain from what you're observing?
2: Yeah, that's, that's huge. Situational awareness, um, and that's in, even in a survival situation. I mean, you got, again, you got to know your surroundings, you got to know what's going on at all times. You got to almost be hypersensitive to that stuff. Yeah. Every little bit of information is just something else in your toolbox that's going to help you plan your escape and get away and get back to uh friendly forces or back to your family
0: yeah we're talking with reggie bennett from MountainShepherd.com about escape and evasion strategies from the military seer program we'll be back with more strategies here in just a minute including camouflage and concealment how to avoid trackers as well as how do you resist interrogation and torture some really really critical stuff coming up so you're not going to want to miss it but first check out this message <coughs>
1: In any disaster, crisis, or attack, your life and the life of those you love could solely rest on the survival gear you've acquired. Do you have the proper gear to protect you from the threats you'll face? Whether it's preparing your home against the destruction and mayhem of a city in chaos, or you're bugging out to a safer location when a natural disaster forces you from your home, the supplies you have right now could ensure your survival or seal your fate. Don't take the risk. Claim your free copy of our exclusive guide, Survival Gear Secrets at survivalgearsecrets.com and discover the seven phase survival gear plan every family must prepare for or face the consequences. Five no bull warning signs that a collapse is headed your way. So you're already in action long before your neighbors even know what hit them and how to know exactly when it's safer to stay at home and shelter in place or get in the family bug out mobile and get the hell out of Dodge. Your fellow citizens may be fine with sleeping in a crowded stadium waiting for FEMA to hand them a granola bar, juice box, and a blankie, but you know that no one can protect your family better than you can, if you're properly prepared with the right supplies and equipment to ensure your survival. Don't wait until it's too late. Find out what's missing from your survival gear plan by grabbing your free copy of Survival Gear Secrets now at www.survivalgearsecrets.com. And now, back to our show.
0: Okay, we're back with Reggie Bennett from MountainShepherd.com talking about escape and evasion strategies from the military SEER program. Reggie, when people think of camouflage and concealment in relation to trying to evade detection, they naturally think of wearing camouflage clothing and strapping a bush to their head or whatever. But when you're on the run and trying to evade an aggressor in either remote or even urban terrain, you may not have these kinds of gear and supplies with you. So What advice do you have for someone in order to become invisible and not give away their identity or location?
2: You know, when I'm teaching uh, camouflage and concealment, uh, I I don't even use a ghillie suit. I mean, if you put a ghillie suit on and you start to try to stay with that thing, you're going to drag half the forest behind you. You're going to make so much noise (laughs) that you're going to get caught immediately. Um, Actually, I like to um, be very fluid when I'm going through uh, the forest and the world and even um, even in the city. And there are some key things you got to realize when you're trying to um, evade from somebody. Uh, we are predators. So number one is movement is going to get you caught. I can't ex- uh, express that enough. Movement is going to get you caught. Our eyes are in front of us. So in, if somebody's trying to find you and they're scanning the force or they're scanning, any little bit of movement is going to attract its attention. So that's number one. Number two is, you know, you can stay in the dark or stay in the shade. Once you step out in that light, it's like somebody putting a spotlight on you. So try to move from darkness to darkness if you can. Uh, three, stay away from the population. I mean, where there's people, that's where you're going to get caught. You know, uh, major power lines, major rivers, major roads, things like that. Try to avoid those things and especially farms and housing complexes and places like that because what's there? You got dogs, you got geese, you got all these animals. That are going to bark and uh, you know howl, and the next thing you know, uh, it's going to attract attention to yourself. And you need to wear natural colors. Um, this is not a place that you want to wear, you know, the orange and the yellows and the whites and things like that to stand out. Wear natural things, and or wear what the locals wearing. Um, that's a great idea, especially when you're overseas. That way you can blend in. That way, you know, that far recognition. Is what you're really looking for, you know, that you're not that American they're looking for.
0: Now, when you're, when you're selecting that hiding spot, so I'm trying to like think of like where the balance is between like not moving, like finding a place that you can, you can hide versus trying to get to the, a destination where you're going to be safer. Do you find a hiding spot and then wait for the right moment, like maybe when it's dark or something like that and then move from darkness to darkness? Is that the, is that the key?
2: Uh, every, every situation is going to be, and you've got to determine that, whether it's a low threat, a medium threat, or a high threat. I mean, a high threat, I might be low-crawling the whole time. Mm. And I am going from hiding place to hiding place. And, uh, you know, you want the nastiest place possible, you know, down in drainages and down, you know, where there's lots of wreckage and things like that. Uh, you want to go where they don't want to go because you got you got to think about who's trying to catch you or how motivated they are they. If it's, you know, somebody overseas and, you know, they're getting paid a dollar a week, uh, to be in that army and maybe that person's really not that motivated. So maybe he's just going to stay on the road to just walk up and down and look from side to side. Um, but if there's a huge reward out for you, you know, then they might be a little more, you know, um, (laughs) aggressive and trying to find you.
0: Yeah. Reggie, when trying to evade an aggressive force or someone who's tracking you, staying on the move seems to be a natural necessity, but of course, You don't want to leave an obvious trail for someone to follow that will give you away. So whether it's a physical trail or even just standing out among the local population who may, who may possibly like tell the trackers, whoever they may be, like of your, like where you're, where you're going, your direction of travel, that they even saw you. So based upon your SEER training, what are the best methods for disguising your movement to remain undetectable while on the run?
2: Well, if I'm overseas um, and I'm in a city environment, then I love to act like the locals. I study them. I watch how they they walk. They bend over a little bit. How, you know, how far apart do they stand? Um, all these little things are, are triggers that can uh, make you stand out as, as an American. Also, I love wearing uh, their clothes. You know, act like the locals, look like the locals. Now, if I'm trying to evade from somebody and... I'm wearing these clothing and I'm acting around, like them. of course, if somebody comes right up to me, um, they're probably going to, you know, the jig is up. But this, we're talking about far recognition, you know, far away, you know, a couple blocks or a block away. And if you can look like them and act like them, then you're going to blend in. And in the city, I like to zigzag. I like these zigzag movements. Um, that way, if somebody's trying to find me, um, you know, it's not just a straight line. And I'm always checking behind myself, um, ducking into alleys, ducking into uh, sides of buildings or into over, you know, hangs, and just take a look behind to see if somebody's actually trying to, you know, trying to uh, follow me. Now, if I'm in the rural area, lots of things you can do to try to uh, mask your movement. Um, a lot of our shoes that we wear are the, the soles are they stand out? Uh, they're just American soles. So over there, you can pad your your soles with just cloth. That way as you're walking along they're not making that imprint. Uh natural colors, clothing. So that's a that's a huge one. Again, uh greens and blacks and browns. Um, hide any shiny objects on you, uh, because they can be signal mirrors as you're walking through. Definitely stay out of that sun. Don't flag. Now flagging is what we call when you step on a plant or you step on grass or things like that, and as you step on them, they bend down and they bend in the direction of your travel. So you try to avoid stepping on that stuff. You step at the base of them and you, or you slide your feet in between because there's nothing worse. I mean, it's just like a, a game trail. When you go walking through a um, brush and you're just bending all that vegetation over and over and over and they know exactly where you're going and the direction of your travel. Uh, don't touch any small trees. Uh, when I, I'm out there and I'm trying to find somebody, I just get up high and I look down. And if I see these old tops of these trees moving, And I can just follow them, and I can see this this person's uh, direction of travel. A lot of people forget that. They lean up against them, they turn their backpack, whatever they're carrying, hit these little small trees, and they just act like flags. You also want to zigzag um, and check behind you, again, just like in the city, and use terrain masking. Uh, Use a ridge, use sand dudes, use anything you can to put some type of terrain in between you and whoever's trying to follow you.
0: There's a lot of great tips in there. (laughs) That's a lot of good stuff. You know, Reggie, many people may not see a need to prepare themselves to resist aggressive interrogation by an enemy. But there are definitely realistic scenarios where someone may be questioned or even tortured for information. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, it could be like a a violent home invasion by criminals who want to know where your family is hiding or like in the case of civil collapse, it could even be opportunistic citizens who may want to know where your supplies are. Now, SEER training offers certain strategies for resisting even brutal interrogation techniques. I know that this is a big part of the training. So can you share three of the most valuable secrets that someone can depend on to protect potentially life-saving information from getting into the wrong hands?
2: Well, a lot of it that I used to teach when I was in the Air Force is secret. And uh, if I told those secrets, then I would probably be the one sitting in that chair with the uh, light on me and uh, (laughs) haven't answered some some serious questions here. So I I can't um, discuss the confidential stuff, but what I can do is give you uh, the the average person, and we do, we give the average people here uh, a good toolbox if they are in a situation like that. First, um, got to use the situation against them. Um, If somebody is trying to interrogate me and they are brains being brutal, they do slap me or they hurt me or things like that, well, then I can use that against them. That's a great, uh, you know, technique. Um, I can't think straight. Um, I'm having a hard time, you know, focusing because I'm hurt, because you hurt me. So you're using that against them. Also the situation, you know, um, this is where you don't want to be the cowboy. You don't want to be, show them that you're, you know, I can take it. No, no, you want, you know, this is, you are so stressed out. This whole situation is so stressed out that you're having a hard time even thinking. So, It's a great technique. Use the situation against them. Two, waste their time. The more time that you can waste is the more opportunity that somebody will maybe arrive at that location and, you know, blow, you know, blow the gig up and then they got to stop what they're doing and they got to get out of there. And, um, if you're wasting your time and you're not giving them what they need, they might just get frustrated and stop and, and leave or go do something else. So, wasting time is huge. And third, know your captor. Um, This is a situation where if you study them, ask them questions, turn it around on them. Um, The more you know about them, the more you can exploit them. You know, it could be, what what is their motivation for being there? Is it just monetary? Uh, You know, hey... Why not? You know, give them a couple hundred bucks. Show them, hey, this is all the money I got in the house. It's right there. If that's all they want, they grab the money and then they haul they haul but they're out of there and then they're not messing with their family. You know, you might learn some religious things about them. You could actually use their religion against them, and that's been done many times overseas um, where it's just unlawful in their religion to either hurt us or kill us or, or give us up. And, um, you know, it, again, it could be political. Uh, so the more information that you have that you can use against them, the better. And that's about the best advice I can give. And a, a good example of this is actually, <laughs> is the crying game. If you have ever seen that, uh, where Forrest Whitaker is being held by the IRA. He actually makes friends with his captors and in the end, um, the captor would have let him go. Yeah.
0: Well, Reggie, I really want to thank you for sharing this level of information with our subscribers. I mean, these are, these are tactics that obviously, you know, you don't find a lot of training on out there. They're really hard to come by. So listen, everybody, you can tell that this is really, uh, this is really important stuff. I think for all of our, you know, all of our subscribers really understand that these types of things really can come up in different sort of circumstances. So since that training is really hard to find, um, it's I'm going to make this real easy for you. Go check out the training that they have at, at Mountain Shepherd. As you can tell, you know, Reggie is, uh, you know, has a plethora of this information to be able to share with people, and so do his fellow instructors. So, listen, I highly recommend going to check out their website at www.mountainshepherd.com. You'll find the training schedule over there. You'll find some information about their courses themselves, and uh, it looks like really, really great stuff. So uh, I appreciate your, your time here, Reggie. And uh, listen, everybody, until our next broadcast, train hard, stay safe. Prepare now.